In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. The best-known stories are often the hardest to understand, and similarly, the more familiar a story is, the harder it is to hear it with a fresh understanding. This is both the challenge and the beauty of the familiar. It is important to remember that scripture can be read on multiple levels and has a multitude of applications. The parable of the Good Samaritan is so familiar, so commonplace, that we might tune it out when we hear it. But this morning I hope to challenge you to walk in the shoes of and to imitate the most unlikely figure in the story, the one who is the least, the lost, and the unloved. But first we must look at the context of the story and why Jesus even told this parable. It is in response to a question posed by a young lawyer. Now in this uh, time of the world in Jerusalem, these young lawyers were not civil litigators, they were experts in the law, they were uh, in God's law, so you might say they were theologians or systematic theologians, and, um, but nonetheless just as uh, precise. So when this lawyer theologian asks Jesus a question, in typical rabbi style, he returns it with a question. I was reading somewhere that Woody Allen had a famous quote about uh, a, a rabbi, who someone asked the rabbi, Rabbi, why do you answer every question with a question? And the rabbi said, why shouldn't a rabbi answer a question with a question? So this is what Jesus did. And Jesus is aware that this man knows his theology, and so Jesus asks him a question to set up the parable even further. He says, young man, what does God's law say? Knowing that he could just whip off the answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. Amen, right? We might say that this man had all the right theology. He was not a heretic. He could pass all his exams. But he didn't know how to apply what he knew because he wanted to make sure he wasn't wasting effort loving a foreigner or a stranger, which is why he asks, just who is my neighbor? He wanted to make sure he could draw the lines in all the right places. Now, this is typically where the sermon gets very moralistic about how y'all should be do-gooders and be kind to strangers, which you should do those things, but that is not the essence of this parable, nor the essence of the gospel. The gospel is not that we save ourselves by merely being good to others, by picking up ourselves by our bootstraps and just trying a little bit harder. The gospel doesn't say, try to be good. It says that you were robbed, stripped of your clothing, left half dead, lying in a ditch, and God found you, breathed new life into you, and gave you salvation by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a cosmic and supernatural occurrence, an act of pure grace. Robert Capone, a priest and, and author, says that this should be called the parable of the man who fell among thieves. And he argues that all hospitals should be changed to the man who fell among thieves hospitals. But that's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> this is the parable of the man of sorrows, of the king who is poor, of the weeping ruler who dines with the wicked. 
So many of the parables are misnamed. The prodigal son is not primarily about a wandering boy, but about a loving father. And likewise, the parable of the workers in the vineyard is not so much about the workers as it is about the beneficent and loving vineyard owner. When we read parables, we have to think, what is the goal of the Christian life? And the goal of the Christian life is union with God through the imitation of Christ. So does this mean just simply do more goods? Good deeds? Not necessarily. We are to do good deeds, but that is not what it means to fully imitate Christ. Jesus says that if we want to follow him, we must pick up our cross, surrender ourselves, and follow him in the good times and in the bad. Now, if we look closer at the Good Samaritan, we'll see he does just this. When Jesus describes the location of his parable, the first character we see is the, quote, man who fell among thieves. And this morning, I want you to think of this man who fell among thieves as Jesus. When you think about it, Jesus on the cross is the man who fell among thieves. And he says this man went from Jerusalem to Jericho which was kind of a descent into hell, uh, even at that time, because Jerusalem is the city on a hill. It's up on a hilltop. It's, it's the capital. It's King David's city. It's this, this place of wealth, of majesty. And Jericho, not so much. Uh, Jerusalem was at 2,500 feet above sea level, and Jericho, 800 feet below sea level. So it was a literal descent. And Jesus, when he came to earth, he descended, he submitted to our humanity. When the Good Samaritan sees this Christ figure, he enters into his pain. He involves himself into the passion of the man along the road. The Samaritan binds up the man's wounds, not as an outsider who's, who's clean and just administering some medicine, but he enters into his wounds by pouring his own oil and his own wine into the man's sores. Now, the fact that he even had oil and wine says these were valuable things at the time. So he, he emptied his resources on the man, and then he picked up the man and put him on his own animal, it says, perhaps a donkey or a mule. So he gave up his own means of transportation, his own comfort for the sake of the other. He fully entered into this man's pain. It was as if the Samaritan was dying to his own wants and desires, and uniting himself with the man who fell among thieves. When the journey is over and they make it to town, you would think perhaps this tired man might go to the bar and have a drink, just relax. But no, he takes him up to his room, and he continues to clean the man and to bind his wounds. And as the man's sleeping, he leaves and pays for him to stay another night. These acts of the Samaritan are often only seen in terms of being nice and charitable as a detached figure. But in this morning's parable, we see the Samaritan as one who is involved in the other person's pain, who enters into the person's pain and is with that person in their pain. And that is our call as Christians, as those who follow Christ, to enter into the pain of others. And by entering into the passion of the stranger, we might say that the Samaritan picked up his own cross for the sake of the other. 
This parable is a reminder that imitating Christ goes far beyond trying to do good deeds. Because being like Christ means entering into his death and his suffering so that we may be made partakers of his resurrection and something we talk about in every liturgy. With this view in mind, we will start to look at those who suffer, at the lost, at in a different way. We will not only see Christ in the good deeds of others, but we will see the face of Christ in those who suffer and those who are outcast. When we start to do this, we can stand side by side with the unloved and say, hello, my neighbor, how can I be Christ for you? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.